0: Candy,
1: and I'm Raj. It's great to be here with you, Candy.
0: Yeah, I am the host uh, for this week and next week. Whilst Jack is on leave, I've got my training wheels on. So <laughs> I'm going to be hosting, um, and we've had um, great questions, which has come out of the sermons as we have kicked off into the series of Ecclesiastes. Uh, so we've had a little bit of an introduction to Ecclesiastes. Raj, right, you want to recap for us what was kind of the central grains of truth?
1: Sure, so I think on Sunday, for getting into Ecclesiastes, what we tried to do was look at the opening in particular, but also the end, because it's those sections that are often called the sort of frame narrative, mm. and the main part of Ecclesiastes is the teacher, or Kohelet, in the original kind of Hebrew term, um, who's really exploring meaning, or hevel, is, is the word I think both Sam and I talked about, Uh, and really, you know, so, so those, that concept is introduced in the opening verses and we both, we we tried to explain Hevel in terms of, like, it's, it's a slippery term. So depending on what translation you're using, it comes out differently.
0: So what does it literally mean?
1: Well, it means, it means vapor, breath, wind. Yeah. That's, that's what it means. Um, it's been translated as meaningless in the NIV and Mm. there's other terms like, uh, Enigma, or enigmatic, or mysterious, or absurd—in one translation, vanity. I think in the ESV. Yeah. So there's just a whole variety of words which is trying to understand what that means in Ecclesiastes. Um, My illustration was, in fact, I had illustrations. I drove up on Sunday morning in fog. Yeah. And um, um, that was my illustration. You know, you're driving in fog. It, it looks impenetrable 200 meters down the track. It looks substantial. Yeah. But then when you actually get into it, there's just nothing there. Yeah. And and that's what I'm trying to get at here in yeah. Ecclesiastes. Yeah. That
0: that life can be like a fog in that it's so fleeting or it looks quite significant, but when you get into it, there's nothing. Exactly. Or foggy in that, like we can't seem to see through it to see what yeah. God is doing. So there's a multiple meaning, a bunch of meaning there. Um. So we've got a bunch of questions. We'll kick off with the first one. Uh, so Ecclesiastes exhorts the reader to work and enjoy married life. So this is channeling, in particular, chapter 9, verse 9. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love, all the days of your vain or you know meaningless life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life, and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. So the question is, if everything is meaningless, then what would be the purpose of marriage or work?
1: It's a great question, and it's a question that, Really, you know, propels us into just this tension we keep seeing through Ecclesiastes. So it's not saying Ecclesiastes is not saying that there is nothing of any value at all. Mm, That Um, it's not
0: meaningless. Like everything is just meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. There's
1: there's meaning. There's it's more than that. There's there's good things we enjoy.
0: Mm.
1: Um. There's a whole raft of, and here's one of them. Yeah. You know, it's talking about
0: about marriage and the wife whom you love yeah and yeah. and
1: food I mean makes me hungry just thinking about it actually yes. um, so there, there are good things and marriage and you know um, marriage partners and work and 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 a whole bunch of other things in Ecclesiastes it's not it's not just a kind of either or mm. it's it's yes ultimately ultimate meaning is not to be found there
0: yeah, because marriage is temporary.
1: Because marriage is temporary. Yeah, um, and even you know, food. You know, I, the other day I was in town and I had this great idea. I had a craving for something. I won't say what. I, you know, and is it
0: Korean fried chicken? That's it, pretty good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you, Candy. It wasn't it was something else. <laughs> You've not
0: only disappointed me, Raj, but all the listeners.
1: But, but. And, and look, at the time, you know, I was enjoying it. But then afterwards, it's like...
0: You've got to keep eating, right? Like you finish and you have the next thing. You yeah, get. yeah.
1: It's just, it's, it's, it's like the fog. It looks substantial but when you get into it. So, so it's, there's good things in this world. Mm. And Ecclesiastes, it's not it's not saying there's no value, there's no fun, there's no pleasure, there's no, it's not like that. It's, but it is on this quest for where, where is ultimate meaning? Mm. and the conclusion is told to us up front verse 2 it's told to us at the end chapter 12 verse 8 meaningless meaningless says the teacher utterly meaningless everything is meaningless so it, it really it's it's a fascinating book because it it, it puts the conclusion up front as it, as it's inviting us into his journey to consider the the tension that we experience. Mm. So this is just one of those examples. I I don't know if I've answered that question again.
0: I mean, so it's not completely, so you're sort of correcting saying, look, not everything is meaningless. Um, Marriage, um, it's talking about the temporary nature of it, the fleeting nature of it, Um, and in that sense the meaning is limited. Um, But um, there is a purpose of marriage in terms of perhaps, I mean, even here it's identified enjoyment. It's a good gift that God has given us to enjoy yeah yeah is there any other purpose of marriage that you want to kind of tap into
1: so marriage is an interesting one because marriage actually was given in creation mm. so it, it, the other thing we haven't talked about in Ecclesiastes yet it's it's looking at um, it's looking at things under the Sun yeah and and again that's a there's a lot of discussion around that term I think the simple way to take it is just the world as we see it the world as we experience it which is the world under the fall. Uh, which is the world under the fall. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So our, our ultimate understanding is limited. Marriage, of course, predates the fall. So so that marriage has a higher purpose as well. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not simply what we just see and experience, but of course what we see and experience... There's challenges in marriages, so I'm told my marriage is perfect. Um, but <laughs> Nicole's listening, is she? We'll find out, I think, in a few days. Uh, but yeah, so there's just, it, it's just drawing us into thinking about the world, thinking about the good things in the world, but thinking about the hard things in the world, yeah. and but pushing it further beyond the temporary nature, as you just said a moment ago, yeah. to what is permanent, where is ultimate meaning?
0: Because marriage is in creation but it's also a new creation in terms yeah. of with Christ and the church yeah and so there's sort of that aspect there and I guess yeah. Ephesians 5 would kind of tap into yeah. that um second question so talking about um Ecclesiastes and you know we in the sermon talking about how um actually God does give us good things to enjoy so the, que- the question is how is does this differ from the worldly mindset of just being happy as the most important thing So enjoying life and being happy is the most important thing. So we're told by God to enjoy the things he's given us. How is that different? Like, what's the difference between gaining things and enjoying life? Can't gaining things lead to enjoying life?
1: Yeah, and enjoying life can lead to gaining things as well. You know, Mm -hmm. all of those things are are kind of true. And yet, the the point of Ecclesiastes is is looking at things under the sun, as we've just talked about. And and again, verse 2, meaningless, meaningless as we teach, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. There's that question that then comes in verse 3, what do people gain from all their labours? And so the, the point is, ultimately, you don't, you don't gain anything. Mm. It's fleeting. It's transitory. It's yeah. like the fog you kind of look at, but there's nothing substantial to it. Um, <clears throat> and so I think that, well, there is a big difference. And I think this is a great opportunity, actually, for us to beyond the front foot talking to people about jesus because people's experience of this world uh, is we we may well enjoy life in whatever sphere we care to talk about but time and again people find they just it's meaningless Mm. they find the same kind of disillusionment that ecclesiastes really takes us into Mm. um i've We've just been sharing that statistic, haven't we, Candy? 47% of people in COVID been searching for meaning.
0: Yeah.
1: Much higher than before. People who weren't thinking about God before. And I think COVID has just made us all pause and think and just get off that merry-go-round that we've all been on. Yeah. And, and yeah, so there's a difference between, you know, enjoying life and gaining things. <clears throat> I think we've realised, or so many of us, not everyone perhaps, but people have realised we, we might be enjoying life with food we've work we've material things with pleasures with
0: yeah trying to gain all those things in order to enjoy life yeah
1: yeah Yeah,
0: but then it gets taken away from us but
1: it's taken away it's been taken away from us yeah
0: Yeah. i guess a little bit as well like maybe this question's asking no can't gaining things like gaining houses you know gaining a big boat lead to enjoyment in life um and so I guess it's trying to say, w- what is the separation between to- those two things? And I guess maybe it comes also to like, for what purpose are you doing something? Are you doing something in order to get the boat? in order yeah. to, Or are you receiving it as a gift from God to enjoy? Yeah. So that when it does get taken away, you don't just become crushed that it's yeah. missing.
1: Let's not talk about boats just yet, Candy. That's coming, <laughs> that's coming I think, in Ecclesiastes 5. Okay. And it will be time for me to go searching and update my, um, my yacht listing. Yeah. To see which Some
0: of those are incredible. Yeah. Let's it's wait golden. for a few yes. weeks and see what's happened yeah. over COVID. <laughs> mm. um, why can't we live life both as a gift as well as the secular dream of gain? So this is quite similar to the last question, but it's kind of framing as we could live a great and successful life and see it as a gift from God.
1: I think many people do exactly that. Mm. And yet Ecclesiastes pushes us, I think, beyond that. And, it's just, and we're going to see this, mm. this week we're coming to pleasure in Ecclesiastes 2, and I think the week after might be materialism and wealth. And so we're just going to see, you know, if if just observing under the sun, so many people have been down this path of um, living the secular dream, thinking that is, of that as gain, but have become disillusioned. Yeah. And, and so I don't want to say too much, you know, the, the next couple of weeks are going to be crackers of weeks just to be at church and get drawn into that journey that this teacher takes us on mm. but the overall pattern is already set up for us that that ultimately um that's not where gain is to be found and even looking at the world on its own terms even looking at as we experience the world and as we observe the world we see that time and time again
0: yeah that yeah. you could kind of have a great and successful life but you know it could all be taken away from you you know proverbs talks about money growing wings And that's the thing, right? God gives, he's a gift giver, but he also gives different things at different points in life. And so we're not really finally in control, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And Ecclesiastes will say things like, you can't take it with you. Yeah. You know, many have tried. Yeah. We're we're going to go to the pyramids, you know, and like so many people have tried to do things like that, but... Just when you stop and think about it, which is what Ecclesiastes gets us to do, it, yeah. it, it doesn't work
0: because the secular dream of gain is not actually seeing the world as a gift from God; it's seeing a world to be conquered and pillaged, or not pillaged, to for your own for your
1: own gain, your yeah. own accumulation, your own
0: purpose. Yeah. 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 So coming back to Ecclesiastes as a book, um, then you sort of mentioned and Sam as well about how you know the preacher. Is or the teacher is looking at the world and observing, which is a general revelation. So, general revelation yeah. is trying to f- find out about God through looking at creation, right? You know, um, well, how how should we let the special revelation of Jesus shape the way we read this book on this side of the cross?
1: It's a great question, and and that's really why um, we were keen, just even as we start Ecclesiastes, to end up in Ecclesiastes twelve, mm. and. Let let me just turn up there now, because right at the end, uh, it it says, so Ecclesiastes chapter 12, um, I'll dive into verse 13. Now, all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every dead into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is evil or good. Now, what's happening here, the, the sort of frame narrator, if I can put it like that, He's, he's following this journey of Kohella, the teacher. <coughs> now in these last couple of verses from <coughs> verse 9 or thereabouts, you know, he's, he's stepping into the, the third person kind of um, perspective. Mm. Uh, now, not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted. So he's, just, he's changing his frame of reference yeah. and he's broadening the whole thing out to, to, to make some commentary. Yeah,
0: that's very helpful. And he makes
1: a conclusion. Mm. And the conclusion, the conclusion is fear God and keep his commandments. Now, if you're talking about Old Testament Israel, I think there's another question about this, so we may as well just reflect on them both together. Um, If you're talking about Old Testament Israel, Ecclesiastes is trying to say, think about what God has done. Think about what we we call salvation history. He's rescued you from Egypt. He's he's rescued you by this stage, Ecclesiastes, right? They've also been rescued from the exile. Um, God has acted so powerfully, and you think about the Ten Commandments and you know the, the most basic one there is to fear God. Hmm. That's what he's tapping into. So this side of Jesus, the way that we do that is that we respond to the death and resurrection of Jesus. Yep. And so there, there's this major biblical category here of fearing God. It keeps coming up. Proverbs comes at the same thing from a slightly different angle but exactly the same kind of point. Um, um 1 Corinthians 1 talks about Christ yeah. being the wisdom of God and the power of God.
0: And so fearing God looks different when we realize the glory of this God is in the face of Jesus. Yeah. And, and yeah. that means fearing him. Um, I'm going to pick up something there, Raj, that you've just said. You said rescue from exile. So is this book written by Solomon or not?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well... Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Well, I think I, I did. I, I just made a passing comment. The author is not identified. Yeah. Um. So many people have attributed, you know, the authorship to Solomon, um, or or at least identified the teacher Kohelet as Solomon
0: because mm. it says the son of David. In yeah. So one son of time. David, yeah.
1: but it, it doesn't. Certainly, you know, the son of, Solomon is the son of David.
0: Yeah. So um, is Hezekiah. And yeah, so you know, I guess there's, you don't there's know just how far,
1: like you don't know how far, but also, I think, in Ecclesiastes, like what's happening in Ecclesiastes, and I'm, I'm thankful you're going here, Candy, because we didn't really have time to explore it on I Sunday. I couldn't
0: let your one comment about that example <laughs> go, go away. <laughs>
1: um, so, it just so there's a whole discussion. Some people approach Ecclesiastes and try to, um, it, it's called source criticism who mm-hmm. wrote which bit, yeah. And and so, you sort of delve into the original sources. So... People might say Solomon because of the son of David commenting verse mm. 1. Look, the, the significant thing is that certainly Ecclesiastes is setting setting itself up to be presented as someone who is wise, authoritative um, um, and wealthy. Mm. That may well be Solomon. Uh, it may not be.
0: So what makes you think it's potentially not?
1: Oh, uh, so thank you. Look, the way I approach it is is more in the the, the, the narrative of Ecclesiastes is given to us the yeah. way it is, mm. um, with the frame narrator's comments right at the end, yeah. and also at the beginning, yeah. and Jesus comes along in the first century with the the Old Testament canon the way it is, and he endorses it the way it is.
0: Yeah.
1: So I don't, I don't. It doesn't affect the authority of it. It does not affect the authority. You're thinking of in it.
0: terms of the compilation. Of it that it probably is dated perhaps a little bit later with the editorial comments as with well. the
1: editorial comments it just seems to be a bit later that's okay. where I kind of go mm. but could bits of it be written by Solomon they could yeah yeah
0: yeah it's a little bit like Deuteronomy being attri- attributed to Moses but then it also has a bit about Moses dying so then it's like who wrote that bit anyway Old Testament <laughs> Old Testament <laughs> compilation mm. Um, look, on this the... is the extra,
1: so it's good to go there.
0: Yeah, it is good to go there, but it's it's certainly a little bit more complicated than the New Testament um, because lots of yeah, things, editing happens, the oral tradition, all of those things. Um, look, on the question of judging, someone's asked, because um, looking at chapter 12, as you've said, Raj, about um, God bringing every deed to judgment, there's a question here about, I'm just going to read it out, it says, will I be judged if I'm gay?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, well, thank you for reading it out and thank you to the person who put yeah. it in. Um, um, the Bible here says that every deed will be brought into judgment. Now, I think it's very unfortunate in this discussion that, again, has just fled up this week in relation yeah. to rugby league, actually. With the manly jersey? Yeah, the, yeah. the manly jersey. and Anyway, but I, I think it's a bit unfortunate that... that you know, for some people, all they hear is the issue of homosexuality is something that the Bible. The Bible certainly does speak about it mm. in Romans chapter one. I don't want to excuse that. I don't want to embrace that as someone who loves God's word. But you know, the Bible also talks about all kinds of other things, yeah. as being um, we us living life not in accordance with God's intent. Uh, and and they are they are just equally as serious mm. um, so I, I you know, if, ultimately people are going to be judged if, if their hearts don't belong to God we talked mm. about what fearing God means on this side of a cross yeah. and that means someone who embraces Jesus and seeks to transform their life mm. um, and, and so I think I wonder if that's just the most helpful way to prod this question candy um, not to just limit it to this particular issue but there's a whole lot of things that um, people I've talked about my own illustration of sin, you know, before, the, the chicken pox for disease, the symptoms, and the symptoms are different for different people. Yeah. But God's looking at the heart, and where is the heart before God? Mm. And He outlines what that heart should look like in His Word. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: I think um, for the person who's asked this question, or for others who are interested, a website I find really helpful is the one. I don't know Vaughn Roberts exactly runs it, but. Um, he's certainly someone who kind of backs the website as well is um, living out um, So if you just Google living out, you know UK, you'll be able to find it I think the website is something like maybe living or something or other and it's just got a whole host of articles about this exact question um, And you know like will I be judged if I'm gay? I guess even that term gay has the meaning of that has changed over time yeah you know um what does yeah so so i think that website just kind of tackles all of that and tackles what the bible has to say about same-sex attraction what the bible has to say about um you know yeah all sorts of different things so i think that that website would be i would commend that
1: i just did exactly what you said Googled living out uk and it was the first one so yeah. Yeah.
0: and wonderful videos and resources there Um, What are some practical things we can do to remember that our meaning and value is found in Christ, especially when we feel lost or disillusioned?
1: Yeah, thank you. I think this question came up at Afternoon Church. Mm. Um, And I I love the question because I think there is a reality that people can wane, can feel lost, can feel disillusioned. And, And I think the best thing to do when both when that happens, but even before that happens, is to keep ourselves soaked in God's word mm. and prayer. Um, and I just find it quite powerful to keep coming back to the cross. Yeah. You know, when when I find myself starting to do that, I, I think about all that Jesus has sacrificed for me, lowering himself, coming into the world, being persecuted in the way he was, being mocked, being humiliated, being crucified in the way that he was. Mm. Um... um now, the more I'm, I soak myself in God's Word, the more I correct the messages of the world that are sending me in, in a different direction. So, so I think the biggest practical thing to do is whatever it looks like for you to, to get yourself into God's Word. So we've started the Devotion Guide recently, yeah. Candy, you were behind that. Well done. Thank you. It's a great resource. And whole I started team the other day. Yeah? Um, so yes, there's a team whole of team people. A
0: team of people led by Elizabeth. Um, yeah, on, um,
1: and you know, so I I subscribe to the emails and been doing those each day. Philippians was today, where it's Wednesday we're recording. Um, but but I also think you know people can be tempted when they when they're going through times of feeling lost or disillusioned, to withdraw from the very things that are going to help them.
0: Yeah.
1: Like going along to your growth group and sharing the struggle mm. with brothers and sisters who can pray and help you. Um, like being at church, you know, it just seems like it, it becomes easier to find reasons not to do yeah. things that get you into God's word. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And um, I've recently been reading, I think, Deep Clouds. I want to say Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. I was going to say Dark Mercy, no? Dark Clouds, <laughs> Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, which is a book about um, a father who's um, had a stillborn child and grieving that and how to grieve that before God, but also feeling you know, lost and disillusioned. And one of the really interesting thing he says is when God kind of takes things from away from our lives or we feel really wounded, we can kind of go towards either being angry with God or we can go into the silent treatment. Um, and how do we actually grieve in front of God the way that the Psalmist does and not hide our feelings, but bring them to God and being honest with God and vulnerable, um, when it's easy, just to either to feel angry or to feel so disillusioned that we want to run away from God. Um, and, and anyway, I think the Psalms Psalms are really helpful, a um, way to meditate and even sort of listening to Psalms. Um, I recently started listening to Poor Bishop Cooper. Is that how you say the name? Anyway, you can you can Spotify this they they've been singing through the psalms. I think they're up to like eighty eight or seventy, whatever, something they've just been going psalm by psalm. So I find that's also helpful listening to Christian music that meditate, help me meditate on the word of God. But like you say, Raj, like nothing beats actually soaking ourselves in God's word and being with God's people that can speak the truth in love to us when we're finding the truth hard to believe for ourselves and we've yeah. lost that confidence oh, I'm glad
1: you mentioned music though Candy because I think um, it, it, I just think about magnification delighting in God and mm. it just seems to me like one of the the fundamental tools God has given to do that is music Yeah. so many of the psalms you just were talking about you know written for music Yeah. and it, it, it helps our hearts yeah
0: um, last question um, uh, if your lifestyle is significantly different from those who you're close to in terms of finances and material objects? How should we as Christians then interact with them? Do we hide these things or what? I don't exactly know how to phrase, but I hope you catch my meaning. <laughs> so I, I was talking to Raj and I was saying, I don't didn't catch the meaning, but Raj, you did. So do you want to explain the question and give us an answer?
1: Well, look, I'm I'm, I'm guessing,
0: okay. uh, you know,
1: I'm the, the meaning I'm catching okay. <laughs> is... <clears throat> Is that of a Christian person who is, is, has made different choices because they find their meaning in different things? So let me just take an example. A Christian person, um, 2 Corinthians 8, will probably give mm. and just have an attitude of... In fact, I had a coffee with a guy yesterday who told me it's one of his deliberate things. He's, he runs a business of some kind and one of the deliberate things he does is give to support ministries. It's a delightful conversation, actually, for lots of reasons. Now, I take it that's going to be different to someone else who might be running the same kind of business, but is accumulating. Yeah. So the way I'm taking this question is: there's a lot. There's there's a lifestyle that is significantly different um, from someone else, and there's a relationship. They're close. They're friends. Whatever it might be. And so, how should the Christian person interact with the other person? Mm. And I, I just, my encouragement is be open about it.
0: Throw the doors open.
1: Throw the doors open. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm you go to their place, I'm not making this up, but people can be more sensitive and work it out, but <clears throat> um, make make deliberate comments, you know. Mm. Business is going well, I, I, I think that's great. It means I can give more to church and to support the gospel. Mm. The, yeah. I, I wonder if that's what is meant in the gospels about, being salty in the world, just putting in things that just make a difference. Um, And and I think, well, it's more than I think. Every survey that's done in this area, it's the quality of the life of a Christian that someone knows that is usually so influential in someone else coming to Christ.
0: Mm. And I guess then the question is also, like, people might go, well, how do you not have all the things I have but be happier than me or be in a better relationship than me or have more peace than me? Like, how does that work? I think that's also... Yeah.
1: yeah, And that, that brings us into Ecclesiastes, doesn't it? Because <clears throat> the non-Christian person um, is going on their journey under the sun mm. and they're going to find, no matter what realm it happens to be, they're going to find disillusionment at some point. Mm. Um, they're going to find its vapour, its breath, its the fog that is just fleeting. Mm. Um, but... So often people then look at Christians and they just ask, what do you have that I don't?
0: Yeah. And then they can say, I have Christ, which immediately makes me the richest person on this planet. There you go. Yeah. And you just share, you know, he's the treasure.
1: Don't say too much about riches, Candy. Ecclesiastes <laughs> 5 is coming. Oh, that's fine.
0: Well, look, thanks, Raj, so much for um, helping us with all of these questions. We hope you have enjoyed this um, episode of The Extras um, and me on my training wheels. Ah, oh, you're doing really well, <laughs> I'll Candy. See you oh, we'll chat next week.
1: Yeah, we'll chat. Look, is it worth just... This week is Ecclesiastes 2, mm. and <clears throat> we're, we're, we're diving into the, the exploration of the teacher, particularly when it comes to pleasure. Yeah, and I just think here is just one um, we need. Sam talked about this actually in his sermon. I didn't talk about it so much, mm. um, but this week I will, and Sam will too. And that is, he, this has been a big shift in twenty years in our world. It used to be, <coughs> it used to be materialism was yeah. the kind of number one thing. We're coming to that too. Yeah, but it's really shifted to pleasure, and, and by that I don't just mean sexual pleasure. Pleasures in all kinds of yeah, you know, food, avenues. travels, experiences, yeah, experiences, yeah. just all kinds of things.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that's what we're gonna look at.
0: Yeah.
1: that's where the teacher takes us. Yeah.
0: And I think one of the I'm gonna chime in last minute here. But one of the really interesting um things I've read is actually an article from CMS as well, which talks about culture and saying how you know how it used to, we, we always say with the West is kind of, you know, the guilt Um, versus innocence culture and then the kind of East being more shame and honor based culture but kind of talking about we're moving into a culture where it's pleasure and pain yeah so the right things to do and the things I should be doing are the things that give me pleasure and the things I avoid are the things that bring me pain and so that's kind of becoming more of the grid Um, that's what sort of people that are into sort of mission and culture analysis are
1: finding. Yeah.
0: Yeah. More of that.
1: More of that is coming. Thanks, Candy. Thanks.